on your part. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm your host, JT Ayers. And for some reason, the last month has seemed to be hurdle month. And uh, you know what? I'm not even apologizing about that because you're in for a treat. But before I get into our guest, let me just talk about On Track and Field. On Track and Field is a national brand that goes all throughout the country and gives guys, girls, athletes, coaches, anybody that wants to get better at a sport known as track and field, the greatest sport on the planet, they're going to hook you up and give you what you need. All you need to do is go to their website. And if you stay after the podcast, they'll, uh, they'll tell you how to get in contact with them on social media. Um, but On Track and Field has what you need. And that, just go to their website, ontrackandfield.com. I do it. I'm a head coach. I need new hurdles. I need a whole lot of new hurdles. And they're going to custom make some for me. And uh, I already got their hurdle cards. They are awesome. So ontrackandfield.com. Go check them out. With me is one of the best ever to do it. And I get to brag about him because he never will. He's too humble. But David Oliver, a former 110-meter hurdle champion, won gold at the World Championships in Moscow in 2013, bronze medalist in the 2008 Olympic Games. I remember watching that live. He was an American record holder in 110 hurdles. He's a four-time U.S. champion. He's won gold medal in the 2008 IWF World Athletics Final. His personal best at 12.89 is no joke. And that actually, I'll try to look it up, Play some fifth all-time. And at his retirement in 2017, that season, he was actually fourth. So uh, some, of, some people are trying to catch up to this guy. Originally from Denver, an alma mater at Harvard or Howard University. Fun fact. October 3rd is David Oliver Day in Denver, which we were actually just laughing about. Um, I'll never forget that. It's going to my Google calendar right now. But with me is David <laughs> Oliver, man. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, appreciate it, man. You know, I'm very familiar with the podcast, you know, listen to it um, tons of times. And you always have great guests, very interesting and uh, happy to kind of hop on here with you and uh, and just converse a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. All right, I want to get into it because, um, and I even mentioned to you before this podcast is, and I mean with no disrespect, but you were in high school an average hurdler. Now, 14.25 is what I found. That's not, that's legit. <laughs> and But a 38 high, you're not even on my top three on my high school team, you know, now. And that's, that's crazy because you went from being a pretty good hurdler, and I also know you played football, and then you went on to Howard University and you blew up. And then you never looked back. Your career was long and you were very successful for a very long time. Okay, so here's the question. How? How did you continue to get better as, I mean, did you hit puberty when you were 25? I mean, what's the deal? <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I didn't start running track till my junior year in high school. So, uh, you know, I only did that because... You know, like you mentioned, I, I was a football player and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, it'll it'll help you get uh, faster for football. So, you know, I just showed up and uh, first, I started out as a long and a triple jumper um, and that was a disaster. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I, like I said before, uh, you know, I was I was so bad I couldn't get on the board at meets. And, uh, you know, my teammates nicknamed me DJ Scratch because I couldn't I couldn't get on. I could never uh, get a mark. But uh, you know, hopped on a shuttle hurdle relay one time and uh, the team did well. I ran well 
coach. I did, I didn't even know what I was doing. I had never even done it before and practiced or anything. And uh, she, you know, I asked her what to do and she was like, yeah, just set your blocks. Like you're, you know, when we sprint and take your eight steps to the first hurdle and do three in between as far as you can go. And I did, I just, took eight and took three all the way down the track. And when I got done, she said, you got a new event. <laughs> and, I, and I was oh, hurt wow. from that point forward. Yeah. And I mean, my first race, I was running 17s as a junior um, in, in high school. So uh, senior year came out, you know, got third and ran 14, two at the state meet. So, I mean, I just think it was, I always believe I was the best in everything I do. You know, I always believe that. And I think mm -hmm. that's just what it is. It's the it's the mentality side of things. Uh, I mean, it, it might, I might not be there yet, but I and I wasn't like uh, broadcasting it to everybody. But I always firmly believe in whatever I was doing that I was, I would I would be the best, and uh, you know, never won the states, and of course got third. Whether really wasn't running fast, wasn't that highly recruited. Um, uh, got to Howard though, you know, I was writing letters all the time to try to get recruited. Uh, especially to Howard and, uh, you know, they were in a coaching change at that time. And my coach, the late Michael Merritt, uh, you know, he took the job. I think it might have been in March or April of my senior year. And he flew out and watched me at our regional meet, you know, conversed with him on the phone beforehand. And, you know, he said he'll, he'd offer me a scholarship if he liked what he saw uh, when he came out there. And so I got off the phone. My mom was like, oh, man, who, you know, she was excited. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he said I told, I got from her. I'm going to Howard. And then she was like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> and she was like, I, I told her because, you know, he said he's about to come out here and watch the regional meet this weekend. And uh, if he likes what he sees, he's going to offer me a full scholarship. So I know he's going to like what he sees. So that's where I'm going. To, that's where I'm going to school at. And, uh, you know, went to the meet. I won the one tens, won the. Um, 300 hurdles as well uh was mvp of the meet and yeah i ran the four by four for the first time because my coach said hey the college coaches love when you uh can display that you can run the four by four they all yeah, love absolutely the yeah <laughs> and i was like ah oh, hold on i i've never <laughs> you know ran ran but i went out there we got second we were winning the whole time but i got walked down with like 120 meters to go and so my team got second in the four by four um, and I ran anchor leg, but and then that lo and behold, that's what I did at every single meet in college. It was anchor leg of our four by fours. It, it's crazy, but that's one reason why I never did the uh, 400 hurdles because talking to Coach Merritt, um, he told me that they go from 300 hurdles to 400. And I was like, oh nah, nah, you know, I, I, I'm out at at 300, you know. So he was like, well, you got to do the four by four then. You know, as if you're not going to do the both hurdles and you got to do the four by four. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll do the four by four. Then. <laughs> so, some sweet so, yeah, irony, yeah, man. I mean, now you're coaching at Howard and you're going to have to do these same conversations your coaches had with mm -hmm. you about four by fours and 400 meter hurdles. And you have these same type of kids coming up and they're like, no, 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 I don't want to. And you're like, yes, 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 you're going to. And it's so fun. It's yeah, the four by four is good for the soul. I mean, it just make the kids yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> figure out what kind of grit they got inside of them. Um, so, all right. I'm going to say this with, with complete respect. You look and you're built and you always have been like a football player. You're a monster, man. You're not that skinny little track guy that's running around. So why not, why not football? Why are you pursuing track and why did you decide to pursue track? Uh, well, I just, I love the individuality of it. You know, people that know me uh, well know that I'm not, uh, you know, the most solid team playing kind of person, you know, I'm very, you know, uh, about individual and self 
when it comes to athletics. Mm -hmm. And I love that about track and field. And that, that was the, I got that in high school. And then when I went to college, you know, I played football at Howard a bit. Um, you know, we go and, 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 you know, you play your heart out, you lose the game because the kicker missed a, a extra point in overtime. And, and it's just like, man, this is terrible, man. You know, I can do yeah. it. It doesn't even matter about anybody else. It doesn't even matter about anything on my team. I can just be the best and I don't need anybody else. And that's what I love the most is just the individual part of it, which, you know, just to a different you know, aspect and that not anything with the question you asked, but I think that's why people struggle in the transition from going from being a, a high level collegiate track athlete to, to the pro level is because it does go from about a team and, you know, yeah, we are individuals within a team, but you have like teammates to cheer you on or to support or, you know, do all now after, after that it's over, it's just only about you. And a lot of people, they can't they don't have that self-motivation or or something because, you know, you can't go from the best in the country to, you know, a year later. Don't you forget how to run. So it can't be the talent or the coaching or stuff like that. It's mainly, I think, just the motivational factor from not having a, a kind of a support system for me. I, I didn't need anybody else. You know, I, didn't, yeah. I just needed myself because I just I very, very confident in myself and in, in, in my abilities and in, in, in things like that. Um, but yeah, that's why I just, I, I love the individual um, aspect of it. And I think that helped a lot in the transition uh, from college going to the elite level myself. Like, yeah, I was, you know, not a recruited athlete out of high school much, um, you know, go to college. It wasn't somebody that people were beating down the door to kind of offer me uh, deals and stuff like that. You know, I worked jobs for the first couple of years that I was uh, uh, training on the elite level. Um, you know, first job working at Nike Town at the outlets down in Orlando, you know, working there from like eight to three and then, you know, going to practice from four to seven, you know, every day. And then it's crazy, if, you know, a couple of years later, you know, being, you know, one of the top Nike uh, athletes and I go back in that store and that my posters up in there and with with the Nike ads and it's like I and then people I used to work with they're they're still working there and they're like man I can't believe you used to tell us all the time that you were good I was like yeah I told you I, I told <laughs> yeah. you I was, you didn't believe me yeah, yeah I was yeah. <laughs> yeah I told you you know but I just I don't know it's uh you know I don't I didn't struggle um but it's just because I just am willing to do what I have to do uh, from a mental standpoint and just own everything if, if need be. And I think that's what helped a lot in this transition from being a high level athlete to, to coaching now back at my alma mater. I definitely want to get into that, but let me ask you another question about being an athlete. You, you just danced around a little bit is you being going from a high level collegiate athlete, and then even just believing that you have a chance to go pro and run with the best in the world and then become one of the best in the world and one of the best of all time. How, how, talk about that journey a little bit. How did you even think that was a possibility? And then how did you get there? I mean, did you find great coaching? Was it a hundred percent like just trial and error and then continuing to grow as an athlete? I mean, the stuff that you were doing, if I would have asked you as a junior in high school, you had been like, no, that's, it's, that's not yeah, like, wow, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you know, it's not like anything. Uh, none of us get where we are in life by ourselves. Um, you know, the support, it was just a chance meeting um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Keith Rucker. 
Um, he was running the Holyfield International Track Group. And, um, you know, I was a senior in, at Howard and uh, he went to Bethune-Cookman, which was a school in our conference at the time. So he was like, man, I'm seeing what you're doing at Howard. You know, I understand the limitations that you guys are working with up there. And, you know, I think that if you got in a professional type environment that you can really do some things. And this was at the Olympic trials um, in 2004 because I had uh, qualified for those uh, my senior year. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, it's cool. You know, gave me his card, stuff like that. I went back to uh, school, played uh, football that fall, was finishing out uh, uh, so I can graduate my undergraduate. And I was in the School of Business and just came across his card and just shot him an email. You know, this was like in October or so. And, uh, yeah, then they just got the ball rolling on. The next phase, a few months later, you know, uh, uh, I moved down to Orlando to work with uh, Brooks Johnson and, and his group he had at the time. And, yeah, it was just I mean, I don't know. I, re I really I don't know because I was only trained. I, I played football. I didn't do anything track related from June all the way until January. Like I didn't do any ounce of training that whatsoever. So I moved to I graduated in December. I moved to Florida. Uh uh, I don't know, third week, late January, whenever it was. And I, I only practiced for a couple of weeks. And then uh, Brooks had me go to an indoor meet at University of Florida when they had the indoor uh, facility. And I went there and uh, beat the guy that was the NCAA champion at the time in the hurdles, Josh Walker, a guy who I could never even really come close to beating, you know, a year or so beforehand when I was in undergrad. And I had only been training for a couple of weeks. And, you know, he was like, oh man I guess we you know we might be we might have something here with this guy <laughs> and, and they just and it, that was like oh shoot wow I've only been doing this a couple of weeks and I'm uh, running personal best already well hell I might as you know mm -hmm. I'm gonna just keep this thing rolling and and yeah just turn into a, a really good career but you know definitely wouldn't happen without um you know the help of of uh, a ton of people mm -hmm. you know it's even like having the success I had you know with uh uh, Olympics and world championships and records and all that stuff, you know, that didn't happen until I had, you know, got with uh, a real deal training group with my training partners, Aubrey Heron, Joel Brown, um, Dwight Thomas, you know, people in the hurdle group that every day at practice was just like a track meet. And so that really just helped me level my game up. Cause when I was training, like with just some kind of average or, or, you know, not really elite level, athletes i was i didn't get to those heights until those guys came and uh we started uh, training together so it definitely took a lot of people i just had the talent and the mental fortitude to just kind of maintain and get the job done yeah i love to hear that even at that level having a team around you where you can be competitive all the time and that culture of whatever running group and, and group you're going to be with is going to add to that so let me let me transition to this because you're at your alma mater which is fascinating in itself because how many people really get to do that and now you're one of the best you're an elite athlete and now you have to come back down and deal with 17 18 year olds and you got to teach <laughs> them about how to sprint and how to how to train and how to care for themselves and that's something that to be quite honest might be difficult for most elite athletes because they don't understand that kid they don't get it because you were never that way you know so Kind of talk about some of those things that you've been learning. And even if you can, because your perspective would be unique, talk about the kids that were and the kids that are now, because, I mean, you've been doing this for 20 years very successfully. 
yeah, you know, being back here at Howard, it was definitely uh, just like out of the blue type of thing. Uh, I'm a real big believer in timing. So, uh, you know, 2017 happens. We, you know, I run at the U.S. championships. Uh, that season was just bad. I just was hurt all the time. And I was like, well, clearly I always was told myself I was not going to leave the sport like laying on the track injured or, you know, whatever. I'm not going out like that. You mm -hmm. know, I'd rather leave too soon than leave too late. Um, so, you know, I felt like that was just a sign. So I ran those uh, at the U.S. champs that year. Uh, shoot, I don't even know what place I got. Fourth, fifth, something like that. Uh but I just came up, got my basket in that car room. We were out there in Sacramento, put my stuff on. My family was out there. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. That's it. Hmm. I was like, yeah, that, that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm retiring. That's it. Nobody, but I didn't, you know, make no announcements, statements, anything like that. Just walked um, off. Yeah, that was it. That was, I went back <laughs> to the hotel, told, you know, called call the coaches, called my manager and stuff. Well, no, I didn't call my manager yet. But uh, didn't told to take me out the meets or, you know, but never made any sort of announcement, but it was like two weeks later, um, the administration from Howard was, uh, got in contact with me about, because they were making a coaching change and they wanted, you know, my input, what need to do X, Y, Z. And, um, yeah, then one thing led to another and I was the coach. And then, so it was like, okay, wow. well, you know, I'm still under contract with Nike. You know, I still had a year or so on my contract left. So called and let them know like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm, going to you know i'm about to be coaching back back at howard now called you know told everybody to you know scratch my meats whatever so it was like just overnight it wasn't even like i had called nobody knew it was so i was like that this must be what i'm supposed to do next clearly this must be because the timing of this because what if this was a year ago you know i would not you know i just do whatever but i wouldn't entertain it because i was like oh no i'm still good i'm ready to rock you know um but yeah so just thankful for, for you know, like Carrie Davis, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Wayne Frederick at Howard just kind of let me come back and and resurrect the program. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the thing that that I feel like this is the best thing for me is because I can be a difference maker now in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I went to these same classes. I slept in these same dorms. You know, most of these advisors, professors, you know, people that I had when I was an undergrad. So I can relate to the student athletes that um, are in the track and field program because I, I went through the same exact thing, same exact place that they're at. So I so I, I get it and I understand them now. Yes, it is from a uh, like you said, like a lot of elite athletes, they can't relate. Because they're like, man, these athletes, what are they doing? Uh, you know, why are you, I don't know, slow or something like that. But I remember because I was slow. <laughs> you know, shoot, nobody was beating my door down to, to uh, you know, try to bring me on and do all these things, whether it was recruiting or, you know, leaving to the uh, elite level, all that stuff. So I had to really understand what it was that I was, that I was doing when I was uh, as an athlete in order to get where I was at. You know, I, like I said, wasn't I didn't come out, you know, just being awesome. It was it was a building process. So I'm able to just kind of build with those same athletes. You know, we're out here at the national championship event now. And, um, you know, our women's four by four team is running 328 um, to get here. And three of those athletes were walk on student athletes. They were that weren't recruited by anybody their first day 
Um, it was my first day when I, you know, got the coaching, they were there, they were like, would they want to walk on? And so, you know, here, here we are, um, you know, four years, four seasons or whatever later. Um, and now they're, you know, uh, they ran that's I think with a 24th fastest program, uh, in NCAA history with that time. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I can, I understand and I can just uh, help them build, but I think it's more of a mentality thing. You know, I'm a coach that believes like the X's and O's are there. They do matter, but I don't think anything matters more than the mentality. That's the only thing that matters. You know, I used to run and it, to me, when I was like younger, it didn't matter what I did at practice. We could did field X's all day, every day and some hurdle drills. I felt like I was going to go to the meet and I was going to win. You know, that's that it, I always feel as long as you just have the mindset, then it doesn't even matter really what you do. And so I just want to work on that more than anything is the mentality and the mindset that, yeah, you're at Howard, but there's no reason why you should lose to any of these people. No matter what the school says on the front, you should never lose, you know, because that's what I thought. The only time I ever saw these big time schools and these, you know, that people that you hear about was when I got to go to the national championship because we didn't we didn't travel much when uh, you know we were you know North Carolina was about as far as we were going to go when I was an undergrad and um, to the Raleigh relays that was like the biggest event we'd attend um, but yeah I'd see those times and be like man I, I wonder I, I'd never seen these people because you know it wasn't the whole internet and Instagram and you you know all that stuff and then when I'd show up to the meets and like regionals when they first started that in 2003 my junior year I was like oh this is that guy Oh, this is that. Oh, because you only know the names. You don't you don't know what they look like. It's like, ah, this guy's all little and stuff. I'm not losing to this. dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it said it said he ran faster than me, but nah, I'm not losing to this guy. And, you know, so I was just like, oh, yeah, nah, these people are they're 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 not better than me. You know, they might just be faster because they go to some school and they go to all the big meets and they get to, you know, get in that environment to really compete a lot. So, you know, I go to NCAAs and get like fourth, fifth, stuff like that. But that was the only time I saw the competition. So I felt like this the athletes I coach now. It's like, yes, we will get the opportunities to compete at these meets and things like that. But you should never, ever think that you are inferior or should lose or whatever to somebody just because of the name on the front of a shirt. That's right. Yeah, so that, yeah, that matters more to me than, oh, you got to do six of these and four of those and whatever and all that, you know. But that, even though that is my favorite part of coaching, you know, there's I do a lot love. Of, yeah, there's not a lot of sports in this world where, I mean, track's got to be one of the only I could think of where, like you said, the individual, you can surprise yourself because you just yeah. did something that should not have happened because, but you believed that you had a chance. I mean, how many times yeah. have you seen your athletes do something miraculous and, and they're like, I didn't know I had that in me. I didn't know I was going to drop a three second PR and a split and a four by four. It's like, well, you did mm -hmm. and you got that inside you. So now let's keep going. Well, if you believe you can, you, you'll get it done. Maybe it won't be this year. Maybe you got to kind of develop into it a little bit more, but you can definitely do it. And that's one thing with coaching that is I treat the athletes where I see them at eventually, not where they're currently at. Because they'd be like, oh, my gosh, this guy is just crazy. He just keeps riding me. I take one step wrong. He's on my case. I do this out of thing. He's on my case. You know, they probably they're like, goodness gracious, this dude. And <laughs> but it's because you told. see, I, I like to talk to him 
And if you tell me that you want to do certain things, you told me to tell me you want to be all American and I want to, you know, qualify for this stuff, whatever, then I'm definitely going to hold you to that standard. Absolutely. Because I know what it takes to be an all American at this school and what you got to do every I know what it is. So what you say and what you do have to be congruent. So you told me you want to do these things. So I'm you better believe it. If you do one thing out of order, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on you flat out. And I don't, you know, it just I don't cut slack that much. Of course, but I mean, maybe later in the season when you know you already got stressed from meat. So I don't want to add any sort of extra. But it when we when fall starts and things like that, yeah, no, definitely, definitely treat them exactly where I think that they they could be. And that's that because you you know meet them where they're at on some things, but when it comes when we come inside that gate for practice, if I think that you have the ability to be an all American and do these things, that's exactly what I'm going to hold you to every day. Hey, accountability is a is a sign of love, and if you're not given accountability as a coach, then that means you don't care, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, sometimes you you do care, but I just always believe that everybody just can't win. You know, it's just we track and field is not a sport. Only one person is going to win, even though you can work hard, you can do everything right. You know, only one person can win. That did, just because you didn't win doesn't mean that you didn't, you weren't successful or, or whatever. And you can try and try as a coach to reach everybody, but you're just not going to. You know, it, it just no, no coach in this the world bats a thousand when it comes to having successful student athletes, um, you know, matriculate through their program. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things, but the ones that show the interest and go the, you know, the extra mile, I'll do whatever it takes for them, whatever I have to do for them to make sure that they're going to be as successful as, as they, they can be. I'll do whatever it takes for them. Well said, man. Well said. Yeah. I mean, they're, when they're ones that are showing you that, Hey, I, you know, that are, that are, you know, you break down videos for them. You're sending the videos out from practice. And the next day I ask you. Oh, what did you think about, um, you know, the video? And then one person says, oh, I didn't get around to it. You know, I was going to today, but I was busy. And then you got the second person you ask and they telling you, oh, yeah, you know, that made all the sense in the world. I'm definitely going to work. So today I was in my warm up. I was going to focus on X, Y, Z. And then I was going to like, oh, that person right there is that's it. That That's mm-hmm. that's that's the person that I'm going to try to I'm probably going to uh, trend more towards making sure that they got whatever they need because it's it's we have a lot of athletes we have myself and two other full-time coaches on staff so we have like 60 65 athletes or so and you know if i can't go zero to 100 with 65 people it's just not enough time you know the ones that's trying to meet me halfway those are the ones that i'm going to do whatever for them and it's you know it sucks in recruiting they ask oh you know i don't want to coach that kind of plays favorites and things i was telling i absolutely play favorites (laughs) <laughs> you know, the people that show that they are trying to get this done at the highest level, those are definitely going to be the favorites and people that I'm going to gravitate towards more than the ones that I only see those 90 minutes at practice that, you know, I'm sending things to. I'm not getting responses from, you know, all that kind of stuff, because, you know, it yeah, just being, I think it's yeah, human nature. It. being a favorite is their choice. If you want to be my yeah, favorite, yeah. just show me. I love it, man. Well, mm-hmm. it's pretty evident that. I asked you about being an elite athlete and then going to be a coach. Well, you pretty much answered that. I could definitely, <laughs> I'm all revved up. I'm ready to have you coach me. And well, and I, <laughs> I, I never retired because I never even got there, but Hey, how, 
where can we follow you, man? I mean, if we're continuing to be fans of you and what you're doing at Howard and um, the, the continued success, even what's going to be happening with your four by four, because I'll try to drop this podcast quick so people can mm-hmm. see and, and we can follow follow you what's going on social media let us know where can we follow you and your uh, future success uh well yeah my social media the instagram twitter you know d oliver sub 13 uh i'm I, i'm not really as active as i used to be but i mean I, i'm gonna try to get back uh, <laughs> get get back going on that uh but I, I don't even know how i fell off on it but um you know the, the team page <laughs> you're 40 Vice that's what happened <laughs> oh yeah, 40. yeah, yeah on, I'm 40, I know. But, you know with the recruiting though you know you got to be on there with the uh, recruiting that's, that's one thing i suck at is is recruiting man i'm not really that great at at that i got to step my game up and and get more get more uh a uh, little bit more seasoned with the with the recruiting stuff because I just like to coach the kids that I already have and I'm really just monomaniacal on them and then I kind of tend to you know I know you got to keep you know getting new kids in but yeah. uh yeah it's just I, I got to get there I'm still young in the game still got a lot to learn and and, and a lot to to kind of try to uh, achieve but it's just one thing at a time we're having success in the program you know having an unprecedented sort of success you know here winning conference titles you know it's been 40 plus years since we've done that and you know having multiple entries at the ncaa level shoot it's been 30 years plus since we've had that so uh yeah things are definitely heading in the right direction but you know like i said it's just not myself that's that's involved in in that you know our associate co- head coach uh, jessica cousins and, and distance coach wesley stevens they you know they they keep the thing going because it's a lot of stuff as you know as a coach behind the scenes that don't have anything to do with um coaching and exes and all, all that stuff that have to be done in order to get this going and our you know our volunteer coach frank rivers and, and danny stokes they they get they get it going too because it's, it's what 22 events in track and field a couple coaches can't handle all that you need a, it right. takes an entire team so we wouldn't have this success without those individuals and definitely appreciative of them and our and our administrative support out here at howard you know it's a great place to be howard university be the standard david oliver you are a champ through and through an inspiration man and i am so excited that i got to even just have the chance to talk to you for 30 minutes it was not enough i feel like i could talk i could listen to you for hours man <laughs> Um, I appreciate it, man. Definitely. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah. We'll continue to do, man. Feel affirmed and encouraged. You're doing it the right way and you're seeing success and those kids are blessed to have you. So uh, let me just end by just making sure I talk about the sponsor on track and and relay batons.com. They engrave batons and all kinds of cool stuff. And in fact, I'm going to get, uh, you know, coach Oliver's, uh, his, his address right after this podcast, we're going to send him a gift and he'll be able to have something that says on track and field on it. And he can sport some coffee or whatever he drinks out of that thing and enjoy it. <laughs> so without further ado, I'm just going to cue the voice of our producer and the CEO of On Track and Field. Steve, take it away. Another epic podcast with our host, Coach JT Ayers, and our guest, Olympian and Coach David Oliver. Finally, someone with bigger triceps than JT. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com. Custom engraved Relay Batons, water bottles and tumblers. The perfect gift for coaches, athletes, and for team branding. And OnTrackAndField.com, your one-stop source for all things track and field related whether you're an athlete or coach and save up to 15 percent when you use the word track talk at checkout and make sure to follow us on our socials too at on track the letter n field at on track and field on twitter and the gram 